Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Our goal continues to be quick, efficient intros, intros. At, which then gets to a not-so-quick and efficient Metacast. <laughs> we're trying. So, we're getting better. We're getting we're better. Doing we're, we're doing our de- We've gotten coaches. Just everybody's here trying to help us get better at this. Yep. Josh has tried to stuff a sock in my mouth on occasion. It hasn't worked as well as he had hoped. But, no, I had to go to the hospital. Uh, so, uh, no entry stuff. It's late. Uh, it's it's late fall, uh, getting into winter in beautiful uh, downtown North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's a little chilly outside, nippy. Uh, it's conference season is over. Yep. Um, basically, from an intro perspective, get us your feedback. Uh, like us, uh, let your friends know about us, increase our network. But other than that, what do we do? We want to just get to the show. Well, we want to get to the show, but we want to highlight Sue for bringing the question to the table. Oh, so if you have you. questions, bring them to the table. Twitter, email, you can come to our Twitch stream and, Sue, and ask questions. Sue in uh, Texas. Yes. We will not name her beyond that, but yes. Sue in Texas and it was it was a really thought provoking. We had to sort of untie it and repiece it together. But a good question. We hope we circled in and provided some guidance. Yes. Thank you, Sue. On to the episode. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Dear Lord, that was so loud. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready, baby. Bob's ready. I'm ready. All right, so we've got a topic from... Well, well, be still my heart. From five... I mean, how how could we start the Metacast if we didn't have a topic? All right, I guess I won't say the obvious anymore. I'll just stop saying my name then. No. I won't even mention Metacast. I'll just be like, I'll just start talking. Because it's obvious that we're the Metacast. Oh, it's I'm, obvious I'm Josh Anderson. It's obvious you're Bob Galen. It's obvious we're going to talk about a topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! 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 We'll just skip all the obvious stuff. We'll just skip I'm it. I'm done. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Maybe we won't even talk at all. I'll just write it like yes. And then it cancers. I'm choking. I'm dying here. He's. I. I've offended. I've offended him. <laughs> so. What's a God, please, Josh, for the love, for the oh, love, allowed, of, for the oh, love of God, to, please explain our topic. Oh, are we allowed to talk about the topic now? Not allowed to. <laughs> please, I'll pay you. I'll break into my wallet and give you money if, you, if you'll please share it. Oh, my gosh. Share it, please. <laughs> I'm on my knees. Oh, and this is how the day's been, my friends. Let's just welcome. <laughs> welcome to Tuesday in Care. Share Karen. it. Okay, our What's topic, our, t- our topic. What is it, Josh? From Fire Sue, is about bringing on new teams and dynamics around that. And you bring people on, and you tell them they're the best and brightest. But what happens to the people that are on your team that already think they're the best and brightest? How do you manage those expectations and relationships and personalities as you bring on new people and you have existing people on your team and the dynamics just life happens people have emotions and fears and concerns and who's the star now all those questions so all of that so sort of people and capabilities um and i think this would be in a growth mode so we're hiring right we're building so we're building teams 
we're moving people from team to team would yeah. be a variation on it. So all of that stuff of we're growing as an organization. Um, can yeah, that's I a great wrapper that we're growing as an organization and and cheese is being moved. Whether you're moving to a what new team. What the hell did you just say? Cheese is being I know the reference, but what I'm like, yes, Bob. it came from you. What? What? Did, I didn't read the book, right? We talked about me and reading books. Like, I didn't read that book, but I know the reference. You know the reference. I fully understand it. Okay. I may have skimmed what it. What kind of cheese is it, do you think? Do you think it's like smelly cheese or? No, I don't. No, or like cheese. Swiss, it's like Swiss cheese or, or cheddar. Cheddar. Cheddar, cheddar, <laughs> if, if you're in the Northeast. Our, Enough of that. Our poor listeners that just want us to get to the topic. <laughs> All right. So can I start? Please so start. Can I, let me kick it off this way. I think, I think there's like a meta. Oh, I can't believe I said that. There's like a meta perspective of where, in, in, even before that, uh, that's you and I talked about it before the Medicast. We're coming at this. We're not coming at this from a coaching point of view, an outside coach. We're coming at this from an internal coach mm-hmm. or internal leader point of view. So we're we're on the inside in our advice. We're trying to put on the hat of an inside leader, champion, coach. Uh, yep. Let's say leader actually, who has some uh, you know sort of reporting responsibilities. I I would say the the meta view is it's a team game. So we we we're we're less interested we're trying to set the tone you know with new people coming in uh with experienced people being in old teams new teams medium teams i don't care individuals coming in hiring a superstar mm-hmm. having internal superstars versus you know middle players whatever it's a team game right i would be setting the tone uh even on interviewing if i was interviewing a sh- superstar i would be talking to them about their superstarness but I would be talking about – I would almost be trying to enter them into the team even in the interview process. Mm-hmm. I would be talking about the team they might be joining. I would be talking about our team philosophies. I would be talking about what makes an excellent team from our point of view, what we're proud of. Uh, when we're proud of a team, what are some of the dynamics that happen in that team? How do superstars fit? Not so much their name, but how do they fit? How do they complement, like complementary skills and, and players? So to me, part of it – is from a cultural, from a leader setting the culture perspective, uh, I would be very careful and very crisp and 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 be constantly talking about the team nature of the game mm-hmm. while still honoring, not losing the individual. So I don't want to lose in sports. I think the sports coaches do this pretty well. It's a team game, but they still have to recognize that you have stars. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't ask a star to subsume themselves totally into the team, right? Because they're going to get paid differently, et cetera. But it's like 80% team, 20% people mm-hmm. or something. And I'd be trying to set the tone for that. What do you think? Is it right, wrong? I think it's similar to the thing I've said many times around being intentional with culture. Yeah. And never stop talking about it. From the moment somebody walks in the door, they should hear that team-centric culture from you, from your team, from everybody else as a part of the hiring process, they should hear it during the hiring process. When they're onboarded, every regular meeting you have as a group together, one-on-ones, all of those things, it needs to be a constant topic of conversation in multiple venues and multiple channels. So that way everybody's aware of the expectations of who we are and how we operate. Now in those one-on-ones, 
that's when you really focus on accentuating the exceptional value or skills that specific individuals bring to the table and getting them to understand that a part of being a leader in the organization, there's a little bit of extra pressure. And one of the best quotes I've heard in the past probably year or so was there was a soccer coach in Europe that his team had made it to the finals of a major tournament. And he started off the pregame speech by telling them pressure is a privilege. It's a privilege to be in this championship game. Yes, there's a lot of pressure, but it's a privilege. We've, we, we've earned it. We've, yeah. we've, we're here for a reason. So it's a privilege to have the pressure of being a leader. And so now what are you going to choose to do with it? So that's where that next level coaching comes in from us is getting people to understand what a good leader looks like. Because unfortunately so many people have more poor examples of what a leader looks like than a positive example. So they're trying to emulate a leader that was predefined in another company that they were at. And that's what they think a leader is. Now you have to help them shape and understand what a leader means in a team centric organization. It's not yelling. It's not demeaning. It's not putting people down. It's building people up, maybe even taking the back seat and pushing other people forward so they can grow. Those are, those are some of the lessons and difficult coaching opportunities that you have in these situations is you have to undo some of what many people think a leader is because they've had poor examples set before them. I mean, you, you made this point. I think it's important one, like one-on-one you emphasized. So where we do, one of the areas we talk about individuals, it's not the only area, but mm-hmm. in the one-on-one. So we have, we set up this team centric culture. I, you know, again, uh, in football, I think they give away game balls or mm-hmm. something, which is in the team, there's someone who did something extraordinary. Yeah. So you're recognizing an individual. I think that same analogy could work, right? So yeah. there is hope. There's holistic group-based individual recognition as part of emphasizing the teamwork. But the game ball is relative to what effect you had on the team, I think. It wasn't you. Like if we lost, I don't know. It's Usually re- if you lose, game balls aren't passed out. Yeah, right. It's we won and what part someone – and I, I, I always notice that when someone gets a game ball, the team sort of roars, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's self-evident that they played that part. But behind that, then it's really one-on-one. So if we had 80-20, the 20% is the, the power of those one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would resonate with millennials. Like we're coaching employee development, employee growth, mm-hmm. employee development plans, coaching uh, at an individual level. So you're really emphasizing that behind closed doors, if you will, right, in one-on-one. Yeah, and I, I try to accentuate the praise in public, punish in private. Right. But I really – yeah, those are two sides of the coin, but I, but I really try and force myself to praise in public. When I see somebody exhibiting those values and team centric behaviors, I'd like to stop everything and shine the brightest spotlight I have on them in that moment. So everybody can look around and say, Hey, wait a minute. Why is Josh stopping everything and talking about this person? And I do everything I can to highlight the person and highlight why, highlight the activity, the expectation that it's my hope and desire that everybody operates like this. Brandon was my guy at Dude Solutions. He started off as a junior engineer, but he always asked the difficult questions right. in the public settings. He was the guy that put the elephant that was in the back of the room. Right. He put it square in right. the center of the table and got us to right. to look at it. And, and I 
spotlighted him so many, so many times because he did that. And as other people start started to see that that was valued and that was the thing that we talked about and all those values we talk about, we actually highlight them when they are shown. Then it became a more common theme. But if I hadn't done that, I don't think our culture would have become what it became because people maybe thought, oh yeah, that's just lip service. Like they don't really mean that it's that important. So you have to shine the spotlight on on that in those moments but it's publicly. Le- but it's almost less about the person. It's slightly disconnected from the person because mm-hmm. you, you said something that's key is behaviors and values. Right. So it is the person, but instead of, you know, Bob Galen, you know, because he's a brown noser, um, or, you know, or he wrote something artificial like lines of code. Yeah. It's not that. Bob exhibited. So it's Bob Galen and then it's behavior mm-hmm. and values. So even in the individual, you're setting the culture. Right. I, I have another twist. Um, so that's the team centricness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about like never rank people? Uh, so so never. I'm, I'm thinking we don't we don't rank uh, we don't rank teams to teams. So there's not a number one team and a number five team and a number ten team. Uh, so we don't, and we don't rank people. There's mm-hmm. not the number one developer. So I think if there's a rule that it's a team game, I, I, I'm, I'm throwing out there another rule that we, we don't, we don't compare people or we don't compare teams. Mm-hmm. I don't say your team is better than my team. Now I might exhibit the behaviors, right? Your team produces better code. So I've had the conversation. I'm trying to make the distinction of I wouldn't I wouldn't go to team B and say team you team B you suck in these areas. You need to team A is much better. Right? I wouldn't rank yeah. it. I would talk about the behaviors. There's your and I would I would reference team B, why don't you go and chat with team A because I think they have some recipes that you may want to share. So there's indirect references but not direct comparison. What yeah, one of the things that I was taught pretty early in my management career is never compare people to other people. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't, while in your brain you're doing that, never put that on the table in front of an individual and say, Bob, I don't like the way you write code. I, I like the way Sue writes code. Exactly. So I want you to be more like Sue. Like that is not constructive criticism. That doesn't, tell someone how to improve what they need to be changed. What that does is that creates a competition actually starts to, to deteriorate in the team. So that's what I'm saying. So not person to person or team to team. Although there's these indirect references that you can Mm -hmm. make that I think are useful. Uh, But I think if you can set up that educational, that, uh, that where we're here supporting each other. So like I think about our, our, our Twitch stream, no one's there to, beat their chest or compete. Everybody's there to help each other. I'm there to beat my chest and compete. Well, okay. So you and I always do that, but everybody else. (laughs) Why, why were we not recording this? Let me, let me do that on a, Oh my gosh. He's going to hurt himself. There you go. Metacasters. (laughs) I just beat my chest. Now let's get back to point. Come on, Josh, get back. You were saying something. I can't, I can't. I can't get back to point. I don't even know what I was saying now. <laughs> I, I was going to. Are you? I was going to ask something. This yeah. is sort of off track, real quickly, but it's something. So, in and I'm looking for not validation, but I'm looking to see if I did something wrong. Yes, because uh, I've been torn by this. When I've done performance improvement plans, mm-hmm. 
not agile pips, but just pips in general. So in traditional context yeah. or in agile context, when I've done a pip with a person as a manager, I have referenced someone to another person. That's my one exception to that rule. If I've, I've, when I've, I've wanted to give people role models, mm-hmm. not negative role models, but if I say, Josh, your coding quality is terrible, and it's like, how do I quantify that? I, I have used people... And Jim, I've given folks some examples. Sometimes I've tried to use them as mentors. Mm -hmm. Like, go sit. You're on a pip. I can't pair with you 100% every day. Your code quality is struggling. Jim does a good job of TDD, and Sally does a good job of TDD. That's what I'm looking for. Could you go try to figure that out? So I'm wondering if that was unhealthy of me to do that. It feels dangerous and your wording would have to be super smooth. You have to be very careful with it, right? And I have been. To me, that that was one of the early golden rules I was given of just like never do this. There's nothing positive that comes out of it. I'm very careful. But Um, but I I broke that golden rule. I'm I'm just looking for your reaction. What do you think? I think – Because I respect you as a leader. uh, Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do it. Okay. What I, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. And, but what I would do is coming out of that is I would sit down with them and I probably would put it on them. I would say, okay, who in the organization? So, so discover from yeah. them. I could see that. Who in the organization do you feel does this well that I could set some time up with the two of you to work together and right. get some support, some mentoring, I got you. So that is a variation. I would thing. go in that opposite direction. Yeah. Um, just because, again, I was. It was beat into my brain. Uh, I think I screwed it up pretty early in my career. So they're like, okay, Josh, never do that again. Um, no, no, it's a slippery slope. I've yeah. actually used it effectively, low to communicate like the goal, where the mm-hmm. bar is, and sometimes to get mentoring relationships. But to your point, and, and, and a variation on it would be to ask them, but I've had people that aren't self-aware yeah. and don't know who to ask. And it's sort of providing. So that, the. It, that's a, that's, that's a. Well, but, well, but I'm going to give you a contradictory and potentially harsh criticism. Are you going to critique me? I am. Do I need to like, let me, let me get ready. Yeah. Kind of. I'm all hunkered down. Okay. I think if you have to do that comparison to somebody else, I don't think you've good enough set, done a good enough job of clearly defining the expectations, right? Like if you can clearly define the expectations on, this is what I'm asking of you. This is what I've tried to do. Yeah. I told you I was doing it. This hurts. That was this, the intent. Okay. It was like a knife in the back. I'll, what, I'll it, turn around. <laughs> is That's what I've tried to do is that if I have to point to somebody else and say, that's what good looks like, then I don't think I've done a good enough job of explaining what good, what, looks, what, like. What good looks like. Okay. Like if I have to rely on somebody else to illustrate the point for me, I feel like I haven't done a good enough job of clarifying that. And so maybe that's when I need to look back and like, okay, so – who who else is wrestling with the same thing? That right. if I did a better job as a leader painting that picture yep. that everybody had a common understanding, then maybe we wouldn't have this problem. So to me, it feels like when you point them elsewhere, it's like, hey, I I didn't clarify, so they'll go clarify for you. No, no, that's not what I'm – so I'll take right. the criticism. And I know what you're saying, right? I'm, it's, yeah. it's like reference stories. Yeah. User story, reference stories. Mm-hmm. They help – Reference stories help sometimes. Yeah. And again, the reference here is a pip. Someone is struggling, yeah. no matter how well 
they're in a bad spot. So I'm trying to give them a reference story. But I, but you've given me some, you've made me think. That's why I brought it up. Don't hurt yourself. Let's get back. Uh, so never compare. So what does, what does good, I, I wrote down like, what does good look like? So I, I think that's part, we're circling around. This mm-hmm. isn't the PIP thing. But I think part of what we're saying as a leader is is helping the organization sort of expose the good and expose not good, mm-hmm. right? Set benchmarks for what good looks like. So not so much what what a good architect looks like, what a good BA looks like, what a good tester looks like, what a good team member looks like, what a good team performance looks like. So I, I think there's another meta thing. Yeah. I what focus do, very heavily on. So what do you, what's your reaction to that? It's the values, and that's where I put all of our focus. And none of the wording in our values talks about coding or testing or anything like that. Right. Historically, the the three values that I've put on the table have been you're smart, which really translates to you learn quickly because that's what our business is. Right. We seldom are wrestling with the same problem year over year over year. There's new technologies, there's new competitors, there's new problems, so we have to always learn. So that, you have to be able to learn quickly. Number two, you have to be a team player. Right. And number three, you have to actually get shit done. Like, we are here to ship software. So so you're relating. And so I focus, that is all we talk about. But it's exactly. In our hiring process, that's what we talk about. is examples. The more we can be storytellers, yeah. the more we can be. Vi- it's not just putting it. And I, I know you're. I know you're saying this, but the more we can paint the picture, that's actually what I was doing with referring to those people. Mm-hmm. It's not the. Pe- oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's like uh, I, I'm not doing a good, but a picture is worth a thousand words. And 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 well, so but I've done the same painting? thing, right? So like I've done the same thing in our tribe gatherings at the dude. I reserved, which was our team, our team meeting where we had all 50, 60 people in a room and different people would get up and talk. And, and the last 10 minutes were me on a soapbox. Right. And quite often I, I painted that picture of this is what a great team looks like. New England Patriots, right? We had some people in the room that didn't care about football. Right. It's like, why are you talking about it? Right. But I spent time and energy painting a picture, kind of like you were doing, of this is what great looks like. This is how people, this is how exceptional organizations. Question: It's not. It's not individuals. It's not. Oh, this new. I just hired this new team, and they're better than all the old teams. Mm -hmm. To me, it's a normalized view. It's. It's. We're now. It's not. I'm not naive. We. Not everyone is normalized. Right. But. But from a cultural perspective, we're painting the picture of normalization, team excellence, individual excellence in function. What does good look like uh, mm-hmm. as tangible, as reference, as, as sort of, you know, as visual as reference stories. Uh, and, and so you're not, you're not saying, you're not using language like they're better than them or anything right, like yeah, that, yeah, right? right? It's, it's the, and if that's happening, so if you are, if, and it's even the treatment, if I treat a new team different from an old, I don't even like that language, but if I treat a new team different than an old team, well, then I'm, I'm sort of setting up those old, I'm undermining the agile principles yeah. that we have, right? We had that same thing where we were, we had an agile space and we were growing. So we beat, so, so we built agile space two. Yeah. And it was an iteration and the second space was newer and cooler and had better team rooms. And everybody was arguing about, well, who should get those? Should the new teams get those? Right. Or should the people that have been here right. that have earned it? 
should they get those? And that created a whole right. divide and headache about, well, right. why are they in there? Why aren't we in there? We've right. been here for however many months and we've shipped this and we've built that and, you know, on and on and on. It's like, okay, well, I get you have those feelings, but let's talk about as an organization, right. as a holistic team, what's the best And as answer? equality, right? right? I, there was, um, I was with a client and um, there was – years ago and I hadn't heard this in a long time but the managers were fighting over offices mm. and they were moving and then the, it was not just the office space the the physical square footage but it was the floor the ones on the second floor closer to the executives were more valuable than the ones on the first floor and and I was thinking to myself it's, this is just that old sort of we're equating value to org chart. We're mm -hmm. equating a value to title. We're equating a value to our office that we have. Do we have a window? Your office has a window. Mine, right. mine doesn't have yeah. a window. Uh, that must mean that you're better than me in some way. So how do we – you have to be very careful. And, and I'm not challenging you, but I'm looking for agreement or disagreement. But I think you have to be very careful that it's organization. Everything's organization. Yeah. Everything's fair. Right. And so that's what I had to bring everybody back to because everybody was looking at themselves and pointing fingers and, well, why are they in there? Why aren't we? Right. So I said, okay, let's sit down. Right. Let's look at this as an organization. Here's why I've decided this. And here's yeah. the reason. So that's the thing that I've always tried to do is I've always tried to explain the why. I wanted to give people, here's the logic of how I ended up choosing this team there and this team there. Yeah. Here's the thought process I went through. You may not like it. That's fine. I'm not asking you to like it, but I'm telling you this is how I got there. So there's a so there's something that's not on my list. So you bring up leadership transparency. Mm -hmm. And that's so so not so an ultimate mindset of fairness, but the real world isn't totally fair. So I can't physically give everyone four hundred Right. One square foot. Right. With five pencils and a little pencil jar. That it, there may be, there may be, you know, there's no more pencils anymore. There's mm -hmm. now pens. So, but if I can explain the why behind it. Yeah. That's fair game. So be transparent when we're, when we're, you know, so setting an organizational dynamics and transparency. I think that's important. One of the things because is we can't, we can't. Yeah. We're, we live in the real world. Right. We're not in a video game where you can carve things out and everything's equitable. Yeah, it's not Sim City where I can architect every building to be perfectly square and every floor to be exactly the Did same size. Did you just use like a, a game like Sim City? I like that reference. I even know what that is. You do? I've never touched it. Oh, Sim City's fantastic. But I is it? I've yeah. never I've never actually used yeah. it, but I I know I at least know what the hell it is. I'm yeah. proud of myself. Yeah, congratulations. Okay, you're well. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so so that sort of transparency in decision making or transparency in equity. I think that that's that's critical. And not looking for permission and not apologizing. Yeah, right? and you can't because as a leader a decision has to be made. And to your point, Bob, there is no single decision of something of that magnitude that's that that's going to make all 70 people happy. There's no way you can make 70 people no. happy. What I try to do is I try and take that emotion out of it and say, what's the logical answer to this well, problem? Well, and you're exposing the why. You're yeah. not hiding it right. just because I said so. Yeah. It's no. I, there, was a, there was a method. Right. You may not agree with my method, but this is the method. Right. And this is how I came to that conclusion. Right, so. because because I want people to understand the why and not paint that picture because so often, unfortunately, humans, when they don't have all of the information, they paint the worst picture possible instead of the best picture possible. So I try and take that out 
and be right. like, this is why I painted this picture. Maybe you don't like blue. Cool. I get it. But here's why I chose blue. So yeah. that way they don't say, oh, well, Josh put them in there because he likes them better. I just take that off the table. Like, this is why this team's there. This is why this team's there. And that's it. I, th- I think there's another, I want to bring up one other point, and then I think we've circled around Sue's question or the situation she was talking about. Uh, transparency around equity. So, for example, I've I've been in growing organizations, and people I hire are at different salary levels than other people, right? Because I've I hired you five years ago, Josh, and the competitive landscape was, you know, X. Yeah. And then we had budgets and increases. Well, now I'm hiring people five years later, senior developers, and the the market is different. Mm-hmm. So I could very easily be hiring people, you know, at at your same level of competence, but at higher at significantly higher rates or something like that. So now I'm I'm not putting my money where my mouth is. So I've also been transparent in sort of equity uh, in the organization as well, setting the team. Mm-hmm. I remember once, and I, I not remember one, at eye contact, I felt really strongly about trying to pay the testers as close to as possible development level rates because mm-hmm. I wanted, the message I was trying to send is we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny. I couldn't find HR titles that in tests that would allow me to. I got really close. Yeah, because they but, do those research studies but there, and, and the blah, ranges blah, blah, yeah. and stuff like that. But I and it was just it was really hard and it was eye opening uh, as to what the inequity was. Right. So those that haven't had to go down that path, what happens in larger organizations is. HR takes titles and they yeah. go and there's these market research studies yeah. and it gives them bands yep. that the salary should be in. Well, have to be in, right? Yeah. There's, well, yeah, it's, you're it's right. Pretty, have to be it's in. pretty rules oriented there. Yeah. So, so I guess what, what I'm saying is just throwing out one other, it's the transparency. It's sort of how are we, again, not divulging into, I'm not going down divulge, make all salaries transparent. But I, I've had conversations with groups saying, look, we're trying to increase the testers in general by 10% across mm-hmm. the board because they haven't been equitably changed. And we're, and we're significantly trying. So our budget this year, 60-70% of our budget is going to be looking at that equity issue. I'm investing in that because I think it's important yeah. for us to be fair in our pay. That's an extension to the transparency. I've, I've lost hires because they wanted more money. And I said, I'm not willing to pay you significantly more people or significantly more money than the people that have been here doing that same job for a year. So that's another message that you're sending. And I, like, I can't in my mind wrap logic around that. It has nothing to do with you, you, in other companies, you're worth that, et cetera. But here. Right. Right. So, so part of that transparency and the equity is how you message even comp and things like Mm -hmm. that. Right. And and there have been times when people are like, okay, cool, I I appreciate that. I still want to come work there. I, I've had this, and I want to be fair. But there are people like, nope, I want that twenty thousand more. I'm like, I I can't in my heart do that because there's ten other people here doing the same job that have been doing it well. Yeah. For one year, two years. Well, three I would years. have the discussion right. with them. I'm like, if I do that. Then okay, great. If I bring you in, I have to bump everyone by twenty thousand yeah. or or eighteen point right. five. And so then, what happens is as as we start losing people because of that, then that's my lever Correct. to to go to HR to adjust and adjust everybody. But but it's right. this equity. Right. So I think we're so 
even in some of the equity and the comp equity discussions. So you agree mm -hmm. there's sort of that's part of it. Yeah. That can be part of it. All right. Sue, I hope we helped. Uh, I think your question was, it was more so, this is the situation that I, I'm seeing. What do you think? I think Josh and I are saying it's not that healthy, right? It's not, it's, I, I don't think organizations, if you're trying to go down agile lane, it's not that healthy to, to what? Put every new team on a pedestal over other teams. Right. Or any of, you know, or variations on that theme. It's, yeah, I think it just goes down to you have to work very hard right. to make sure everybody's on the same level playing field. And it doesn't just happen. You have to spend time and energy accentuating it, sending the message, Absolutely. reiterating the message Absolutely. from the time they walk in the door for an interview to the day they walk out. Right. Right. You can never stop. Absolutely. So, Metacasters from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And thank you, Sue, for asking. I'm Bob Galen. <laughs> and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.